Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. We have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the online tab. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its video podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living. So we're finishing our workup in Divine Audacity from Linda Martlett Winsett. And we've been talking about the, the light from spirit that informs some very important things in our lives. So we, first week we talked about the light of faith, how it is in particular our faith that tomorrow can be even more important and powerful than today that really keeps us going. You know, we think of faith in abstract terms of faith in God or faith in the people that we love, but really having faith that tomorrow is ripe for us is perhaps the most important faith at all. The second we, we talked about the illumination that uh, power gives us, and it was a very unique form of authentic power, not coercion, but rather that sense of being in the right place doing the right thing, calling forth our creative power to make a, uh, an impression in our own lives and the world. What a beauty it is when power is used in that creative and positive way. Well, today we're talking about the light of love and how love can also illuminate our lives. And, uh, and it's interesting, um, the, not that you care that much about my process, but, but we set the, the titles and, and the books like a whole year ahead. We have been for years now. And I always do a quick read through the books, you know, make sure it's going to be a book that we're going to enjoy, make sure that it's good uh, uh, fodder for Sunday sermons. And I remember skimming through this book and this chapter and thinking that the illumination that comes from love was very different uh, upon my subsequent reading, I figured it was using love as a compass, right? That where love goes, we should follow. And that would make perfect sense as a sermon. Well, that's not at all what she's talking about. Um, and, I, and, and it's unusual, I think, to talk about the components of love in this way. She says that Love is a magnetizing agent, a harmonizing agent, and a unifying agent. And so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about those three aspects of love. And I guess to get started, we should have our joke. Now, you do have to come on Christmas Eve if you want the last joke that I'm going to do. <laughs> and it will be a Christmas joke, I promise. So today you'll have to just make do with this one. So at a dinner party, an energetic young man seemed to be the center of attention. He stood at one end of a large room, just surrounded by people. Well, after a bit, one fellow turned to his wife and complained, just look at him standing there. I can't imagine what they all see in him. Me either, replied his wife as she started across the room, but I intend to get a closer look.
And so the first uh, idea, the first aspect of love that she talks about in the book is that magnetizing form of love, that thing that does draw you to someone, maybe a stranger even that you don't know, and there's just something about them. Well, what's that something? It's love, and not in the sense of romantic attraction so much as love of one's life. When we're attracted to someone, what usually is that it starts is that that person is so perfectly at home in their own skin. They literally are in love with their lives. And I'll even use an example from my own life. Um, so many years ago, I was a fused glass artist, and I got started at Bullseye Glass, and I took some uh, classes there. And I still remember one time uh, they were having a, a glass sale. And as it happens, many of our students were asked to show some of our pieces uh, during the glass sale. And so, of course, I went down. I wanted to see how my little piece of fused glass looked, you know, among all the other offerings and whatnot. And so I was down there for part of the day. And I remember uh, just talking about, you know, people were curious, well, how did you make that piece? And are the classes here any good? And before I knew it, I had like 40 people around me. And it was because I was in love with what I was talking about, right? It was that power of me energetically speaking about how easy it was to, to make projects like that, how fun it was to be in classes, how proud I was of even my first efforts at artistry and that new medium. I was probably on fire, not aware of it in any sense, but I literally had attracted a crowd. And in fact, a few days later, I, I purchased a few things. They were having a sale that day. A few days later, I got a call from the office manager at Bullseye saying that they were reversing the credit card charges because I had sold more glass on that day <laughs> than any of their salespeople. And it was because I was in love with my life at that time. It was that confidence from knowing you are the right person for the right job at the right time, and you're excited and enthusiastic about it. And it doesn't really matter how you look. It doesn't really matter how you're dressed. It's that inner fire. It's love on the inside. And that's the attractive. That's the magnetizing quality of love. Let's move on to the second one, though. She says, equally important is what she calls the harmonizing factor of love. And she says that most of us seek to bring things in harmony. Most of us seek to uh, take a mess and kind of straighten it up. Most of us are interested in repairing relationships, for instance, and that's something I would talk about in particular this time of year. I, I think this topic is ripe for discussion during the holidays. Have you noticed that holidays tend, out to, tend to bring out both the best and the worst in people? Have we not have some family issues surrounding the holidays? If not this one, hopefully not this one, but at least in our past, have we not almost always had things happen during the holidays that were unwanted? And yet, isn't our desire always to have the happy family together? 
Isn't our, uh, isn't our desire to, to have love show up as that harmonizing factor? What could I do to make this right? What could we do to resolve this trouble? And I'm not sure that I have advice for you other than if we think of it as a feature of love, wouldn't it be appropriate to ask, what would love do in this situation? How can love assist this family to find harmony? How can love assist this, uh, I don't know, wh whatever's going uh, cockeyed in your world, right? How can love assist in the dynamics at work that are not to your liking? How, how can love even assist your idea of bringing your finances back into order. See, there's harmony in all aspects of our life. It's not just people. It's also our finances. It's our working environment. It's our physical environment. When things are a jumble at home, how can you use love? What would love do to help bring things back into harmony? The third piece of this one I have to admit is kind of touching me right now because there's a part of me upon my retirement that feels like there's a pulling apart. There's a part of me that feels like this set of, of friends, this set of, uh, of dear people uh, will never be exactly like this again. Right, right now, this is feeling like unity to me and the third principle of love is unity. And so there's a part of me that goes, no, I should never retire, <laughs> right? Because I don't want to break this up. And yet, there are greater unities than just this. I invite you to think on that larger scale, right? The love that is unity within us wants to associate with something bigger than just ourselves. And so it makes sense that we form families, that we form groups, that we form congregations, that we, we bring together like-minded people to treasure ourselves and nurture ourselves. And yet, there is a bigger unity yet. Because if our unity is too small, well, what happens when someone passes on? What happens when the minister retires? What happens when a, a loved one has to move a long ways away? Or, or heaven forbid, someone, someone passes on literally onto the next life, right? There's that whole, what happened to my unity now? But if we take unity on that larger scale, the unity of humankind, the unity of the universe, the unity of all living things. Do you sense the power in that? It's beyond just an individual. It's beyond just a, a set of small people. It is oneness with all. It comes to me most often in meditation and in nature. Sometimes here, Yes, I feel that unity, in particular that unity of love we're talking about. But oh my gosh, sometimes when I'm out in the, in the forest on a hike by myself, it comes upon me to know that all life is connected and that nothing can ever take that away from me. Sometimes when I'm meditating, it feels as though the entire universe and I are inseparable.
And one of the things that I would give as a minor bit of advice today is that will never lead you wrong. If you find yourself approaching that level of unity in some place in your life, please take advantage of more of it. Meditate more. Be in nature more. Be with your grandchildren more. I, I'm not sure what makes you feel more a part of the universe. I'm sure it can come in as many forms as there are people in this room, as many forms as there are people on the planet. But whatever brings that sense of oneness to you, please seek it out. Please think of it as a spiritual practice that should not be put on the back burner. Because as we come together, as we use love as unity, that desire to be one with other people, that's what causes wars to go away. That's what causes uh, people to suddenly decide, well, maybe we can talk our way through this rather than seeking legal means or, or, or coming together in, uh, in ways that are adversarial. When we come from the place of unity, we recognize that 99.8% of all people are exactly the same materials. It's almost a fantasy that we think we're different. Have you thought of this? It's almost a fantasy that we are different from one another. You know, they've done scientific experience down at the molecular level. And, well, let's just take me in this book. Within about 10 minutes, about 10% of the molecules in me and the molecules in this book, the electrons and neutrons, and I'm not the best scientist, but we will have actually exchanged places. And there will be part of me in the book, and there will be part of the book in me. It's almost kind of spooky again, isn't it? I'm getting spooky twice today. But there is so little that separates us. It's really a figment of our imaginations when we say that so-and-so is different than I am in some way that is objectionable. It's like, how dare I? It's just made up in my head. It's just made up in my head. And so anything that we can do to bring a greater unity, anything we can do to understand people who are different from us in our perceptions, anything that we can do to bring about that, that coming together, that, that harmony, that magnetizing, anything that we can use the power of love for that creates a unity, that creates the harmony, that adds to the magnetism, you are doing the world such a service. You know, we tend to think that love is that uh, attraction in terms of romance or, or familial love. And of course, those are important, but really the guts of this book say it's what holds the universe together. It's what creates peace on earth. It's what on our hearts we strive for, but oftentimes we forget. So today we talked about love from a different uh, viewpoint. We divided it into three components, into attraction, into harmony, and into unity. And uh, I want to close with a bit of homework and a reading from the book. So the homework I have 
I think it's timely for this year in particular, but it would almost be timely at any time. And that is during the next uh, few weeks of the holiday season. I would like you to take the opportunity at least once a day to say, what would love do in this situation? When you come up to a Perhaps a struggle with a family member when you come up to the decisions of, well, should I go shopping or should I call my brother-in-law back east? When it comes to you that there's something not quite right going on in your world, at work, with your family or your neighbors, simply ask yourself, what would love do right now? Because when you do that, you're inviting that harmonizing part of yourself. You're inviting that uh, unification part of yourself. You're inviting that magnetism part of yourself. You're inviting love to take over. Not your ego, not, uh, not fear, not the distraught nature of what's going on. You're inviting your higher wisdom self. You're inviting love to be there. So, uh, so at least once a day, between now and the end of the year, if you would, ask yourself, what would love do? Well, I want to close today um, with, uh, you know, she calls them little meditations, but I think of them as prayers. And so I'm going to close with her prayer for love. She says, I focus my attention on the energy center of love within my body and within my heart. To attune to this radiating center of love, I place my hands over my heart while envisioning a soft pink glow. Divine love is my name. Divine love is my true nature. I gratefully acknowledge that the well of love can never run dry, for the source of love is eternal. The source of love is spirit. And under its influence, I awaken to more love than I have ever known. I call forth the magnetizing power of divine love. My thoughts are magnetic. Whatever dreams I'm holding, I send them through that pink light of love. I center myself in realization that the dreams I have planted and to which I am devoted must bear fruit by the magnetizing power of love. I also call forth within me the harmonizing power of love. Love harmonizes my thoughts, my words, my actions, and so that I see things rightly and bring about good for myself and others. All conditions through the lens of harmonizing love are at work. I express love by seeing the good in all. I am the harmonizing power I call forth from, the, from within me also the unifying power of love. I am divine love, unifying my thoughts, my words, my actions, until I know oneness with all. I see myself in others, others in myself, and God in all and through all, for I am that. I send out from within me the pink light of love, blessing me and people everywhere. I am love. And with great gratitude, with great love for at least 15 years of being with you all, I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. 
Thank you so much for being here today. What a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our online listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.